Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Well, we've got a great story today to tell. We've got a guest, Marina Romano, and she's got a pretty interesting professional story. She started the world's first woman-owned rental car business in one of the largest airports in the world. She built that company to reach over $18 million in sales every year. But it's her personal story that's really interesting. And she now is a licensed minister in the wedding capital of the world. She's performed over 2,500 weddings in the last 10 years. But what got her in that business is really what's interesting. Maria, thank you for being with us today. Hi, how are you doing out there in Texas, huh? (laughs) We're doing great. Uh So tell us a little bit about how did you go from running a rental car business to, to being a licensed minister? What took you down that journey? So let me give you the Reader's Digest version, as I'd like to say. Uh, actually, what happened was, is in the car rental business became so consolidated, Leah, you know, when you're really competing. And we had Hertz wound up buying us out in 2010. However, before then, in 1997, my late husband, Frank, had actually a heart transplant. So, uh, you know, I had to take over the running of the company and not that I wasn't involved, you know, it it became really solely me. And we knew that um, eventually, of course, you know, he lived on borrowed time. He lived until 2012, but we we sold our company and we kind of got out just in time. And I always knew I wanted to do something that was really going to be a big pivot for me. You know, in the as you know, if you've ever worked in any type of hospitality industry, Retail, it can take a toll on you. I mean, every holiday, you know, we were busy because people love coming to Las Vegas, right? They love coming here. So um, I decided I wanted, I went to a wedding ceremony, a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I always wanted to do that. So I actually, uh, in 2010, got ordained online. And then I just put together a marketing kit, put on my heels. And I, you know, I went from hotel to hotel that had chapels and also to chapels. And it took me just quite a bit of time. And that's when now I've actually I've done over 3000 weddings, which has been great in my 11 years plus. But I I wanted something that was going to be fulfilling and rewarding. And Frank passed away in 12. And I have to tell you, this has really enriched my life since he's been gone. Well, it's hard when you lose the love of your life. And then, you know, it sounds like you found another way to bring love into your life. It's in that the truth, you know, when you're with somebody for a significant amount of time. And, you know, for anybody out there, as, as you know, listening, and I was with my late husband for 35 years. But even if it's for a few years or whatever length of period of time. And to get back out there in the dating world and meet somebody new and, you know, kiss unfamiliar lips, right? And get to know, so it's like, okay, it was a different, it was definitely very different, I have to tell you. Well, you know, there's some trust that required for that because learning to love again, it's basically, it's about leaving your past and everything you've been through and trusting someone new. And, you know, to give somebody a big, wet kiss, there's got to be some trust in that. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes you have to love somebody to give you a kiss, but the the trusting part I think takes time, and and that's what made me realize that when I got back into the dating world, because I was out of it for so many years, and you know, Leah, it changed. I mean, it was like waking up to Back to the Future, because what they have dating apps today, right? And and you and this is how you get to meet people, and you're wondering. You're looking at this profile and who are they and how to maneuver the profile. Or if you think you want to go out organically and meet people, it's a lot more challenging. And especially with COVID, even though we're getting past COVID, post-COVID, I think the way of the world is still meeting people online. And, and the people that I was marrying in the beginning when I started this journey of becoming a minister, I would meet people and ask, you know, how did you meet each other? And they would look down and look up and say, don't tell anybody we met online. Then that was, you know, when I started now, oh, we met online. So we have a larger percentage of people meeting online. And that's when I recognized that there were a lot of people like myself that needed a helping hand to get back into the dating world. And I developed a uh, like a program, a course, and I wrote a book going from just one to a plus one, because sometimes we just need a helping hand and we just don't know who to turn to. Our friends and family are great, but they're not always, as much as they love us, they don't always give us the best loving advice. <laughs> Well, and I can't imagine because, you know, I've been married for over 40 years and how frightening it would be to think about, okay, I'm going to start dating again. And to think about just sliding right or sliding left to make a choice overwhelms me. <laughs> it is frightening. And I have to tell you, so when I went on the first few dates, I mean, I was like petrified. And, and you know, here I am a woman. I was in my late 50s. I mean, I ran a company and, and it was almost as if when I called this like a boomer's adolescence, that's that's because we're become adolescents again and we're, we're baby boomers. <laughs> yes, it is. So when after Frank died, did and you, you got into the quote love business is that when you kind of opened yourself up to love again? Well, I um, I waited a couple of years, to be very honest. I didn't get back out there right away. And I um, I had met somebody, like personally, I met somebody organic, well, through a friend. And it was a great, safe way to start because the gentleman was a widow himself and he was a little older, so it worked out fine. But, and, you know, you love again, but sometimes... I'm finding out as you're getting back into the dating world is that um, it takes time to find love again. And you have to really be prudent about that. And the love you had with the history of your past partner, you, of course, you're not replicating that. But it takes time to develop trust, like you said, and come about into, you know, meeting somebody and allowing them into your life. And, you know, there's a lot of there's vetting you need to do and a lot of checks and balances. And it takes time because giving, you know, loving somebody is a gift, right? It's a gift you're giving them, but it's a privilege also. And you want to make sure you find out about that person that you're going to let into your lives because you have family, right? You have family, you have friends, you have maybe professional friends. So, and it's interesting how many people, Leah, jump right back in and they, and they latch on to somebody right away because they're so desperate that they wind up making 
such a mistake and then you have to unwind it and it's tough. Well, I think you make such a good point. Take your time. Take your time to heal. Take your time to get to know somebody new. Take your time to listen to your heart. Play close attention to your feelings. Yes, and you know, that's one thing I always tell uh, clients, I tell friends, you know, you need to listen to your gut. You got to trust your gut and your, your inner voice, you know, and we all know, I mean, we all have that little voice in our head, right? That tells us something isn't right. Something's not right. And we ignore it because we think it's going to change. And those are red flags that are glaring right at us. And sometimes if you've made the wrong choice with choosing a partner, and let's say, for example, you have a family member that brings it up, sometimes we're not opened. We don't hear. We don't want to hear that. And that's where somebody like myself comes in because I can give you an objective analysis versus a subjective analysis because I don't have that vested interest as a family member or a friend. Right. And, you know, when you say listen to your gut, I raised my voice saying that because at the Brain Performance Center, your gut is your subconscious. And what we this is a true fact. Every second, the brain is capable of taking in 11 million bits of data. The most that you can process on the conscious level, research says it's between 40 and 126. Actually, I go with the 40. But either way, we don't have to do the math to know where everything goes. It goes to your subconscious. So pay attention to that. And I think sometimes we're afraid to. You know, we know what we we know what we want to hear. We know what we want to see. So we just tap into our conscious. We don't try and tap into our, our subconscious. That is so true. And I didn't, wow. I mean, I didn't realize we were taking in so much information, but you're right about the subconscious. And, and I think what happens, Leah, is when you people get to a certain point in, in life, you know, 50 and older, and as you know, is when you're younger, right, you have that, uh, that fertility clock going on, right? That baby clock that says, okay, you know, I've got to, I'm on my biological clock and I need to meet somebody if I'm going to have children. And you, you've heard this many times over many of you out there listening have heard this from friends but when you get to a certain age your mortality clock kicks in and you're thinking i'm getting older so this is going to be the best i'm going to get so even though i know they're red flags i'm going to just settle and you shouldn't you shouldn't settle there's no reason you can't have the best of the best especially when you're coming into those beautiful years of your life where you may be traveling more, maybe you have more freedom, right? You're not working as much. Your children are out of the house and you're enjoying your grandkids, your puppies, your kittens, right? Your friends. This is the time when you can make a great choice to find a great partner. Well, I think some of the reasons sometimes when people want to settle, it's because they have forgotten how lovable they are. You know, and I'll tell people, think of all the people who love you and the people who think highly of you. Think of the good things that you do for people and the ways you can you support your family and friends. I mean, don't underestimate your how lovable you are. Don't settle for just the first thing that comes your way. 
That, you know, and uh, that's one of the things I talk about in my book and what the process is be yourself, love yourself and rock yourself. And you start with right. You're, you're right. You'd start with the process of finding out who you are, because who you are now at this age. And let's say, for example, if, if something happened and you lost the love of your life right after 30 or 40 years and you're thinking, OK, I, I, I'm still young enough. I feel good enough. I want to get back out there and meet someone. So you need to go back and process who you are because you are a different individual, as you know, right, than you were 20 or 30 years ago. You've accumulated so much, a lot of experiences, your life, your, your, you know, your viewpoints have changed. So when you come in touch with who you are and then determine what you really want, your must-haves in a relationship, the next part is moving into loving yourself. And that's a challenge because we get to a point where we are so visual and we compare ourselves with we, we look on social media right in social media everybody looks gorgeous right that beautiful bodies and they're not a hair out of place and that's really not reality so when you're a woman or a man and you're putting yourself out there whether you're putting yourself on a dating site or meeting people in person we're conscious oh my gosh you know I'm not as thin as I used to be. I'm not as fit. I, I have more wrinkles. But, you know, you've earned every one of those wrinkles, right? And you've earned. It says that you've lived life. And you, and maybe you're not as fit, but gosh, those muscles and your body has experienced so much and has so much to offer. So it, it, you really need to work on your right. Loving yourself. It's so important. Self-love. Well, and sometimes I think it's so hard to let go of comparisons. We're always comparing ourselves to others. And what's that what that is doing is it's stopping us from being able to enjoy the moment that we're in. Oh, I love that. You are so right. Be present. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I think that we all have to realize that we're on our own journey and we have to trust that our story will eventually have a happy ending. But don't be comparing. Uh, I'm not a big social media person because I do find it, it's turned us into a comparative society. There's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody that's got a better vacation. So and we always find what we're looking for. You know what? You're right. And it's but we have to stop comparing. What we do is we need to wish whoever it is that's had what we think is the better vacation or what, that that's great that they enjoyed themselves. But you have to go back and focus on who you are and what you have and not compare yourself because then you put it's just it really takes a toll, I think, on your mind and on your body. I think you're right. So have you this is one thing I really believe in the universe. And I'll tell, I work with a lot of people that are anxious and depressed and, you know, they're either lost in the past or they're worried about the future. And, you know, the other day we started talking about the universe and I said, you know, sometimes you have to trust the universe. What if life has better plans for you? And the only way that we can trust the universe is to let go of what we can't change or stop trying to change it. Focus on what you can control and, you know, that creates good karma. Oh, gosh, isn't that the truth? It, it does create good karma and, you, and it takes time. Sometimes you're bitter, right, depending upon when when especially maybe some of the people that you've worked with. I know that some of the clients I meet 
they're they're still struggling with getting over their ex. They're still harboring, you know, these these feelings of um, they they actually if they had a voodoo doll, they'd be sticking pins all over the voodoo doll because they're just still angry. And I call that, you know, you when you have residuals that you need to get past. And, and I coined this phrase, I have it in my book called going through a dysfunctional detoxing process. And that's where you look at your past relationship and you actually sit down and you write out what wor- worked, what attracted you to that individual. And then write down what ha- what happened that you didn't like, you know, there you, what might've attracted you in the beginning might be what you loathe you know, after some time. So for example, if you appreciated a gentleman or a woman that was very close to their family, because you thought that was great, and then you admired that, but then as the relationship progressed, you sort of got resentful because they always were putting their family first, right? Or maybe your profession first, whatever it was, and you get to resent that. And then you look at what, you know, what you could have done differently is important and moving forward, what you can do to move forward. So you don't exact, you don't, maybe if that's something that's always going to cause ill feelings, those are things that you write out that you want somebody, you know, that maybe is not so intense about their work or not so focused on family members. And, and those are things you need to really think about you, but you need to move forward. I mean, you have to let it go. And I, it's tough. It takes time. It is tough. And, and, you know, I think it can be easy to think that everybody's out to get you, particularly when you've been hurt before. And, you know, I, I talk about how our brain just gets stuck. And I think sometimes we just get stuck on the pain and the, the thoughts, those looping thoughts that everything went wrong. And what I tell people is, you know, forgive yourself and remind yourself that whoever hurt you wasn't an evil person. It just wasn't the right situation. But as you said, you got to let it go. You know, it, it's it, interesting. It's true. You have to let it go. And some and some people just don't understand because they feel that that person might have deliberately hurt them. And it might not even be somebody that is a romantic love. It could even go back to their childhood. And that's something that... Um, there's a lot of, if you've heard of the, probably quite a bit about the attachment style theory of who you attract in a relationship, um, depending upon the type of relationship that you had when you, and it goes back to your younger years. If you had a healthy attachment style with your parents or an unhealthy, it also reflects, they say, into your adult life. And, um, it, and it really it goes back to, and that doesn't mean you have to you know, go back and, and use that as a crutch. It just means you need to work around it. And when I find that people are, are, are going through quite a bit of resentment and guilt, that's when I recommend them to a therapist because I'm not a qualified therapist. I'm a dating coach. I tell them you need to be able to move on and you want to have a healthy life. So go find somebody, go find somebody that is going to help you, you know, in the psychological world and then come back and I can help you. <laughs> Well, you know, and I think that starts with remember all the benefits of true love because, you know, when love ends, we're focused on the pain. But, you know, think about what that. Yes, love can hurt you, but don't focus on that. Focus on the benefits. I mean, love makes you feel safe. It certainly improves your mental and physical health. It makes your heart feel good. There's lots of benefits. 
Isn't that the truth? I think it's the magic elixir to the fountain of youth. <laughs> well, and, and I think when we, when we fall in love, the world looks better. You know, and I, I know that when you're in love with, whether it's with somebody else or just you're in love with yourself, you take a walk through the park and you'll notice, oh my gosh, the, it's I love the greenery. I love filling my lungs with that fresh air. Oh, yes. And, you know, that's something that I, the, loving yourself and really enjoying who you are. And I actually use the phrase, you need to date yourself because when you need, and that's how it helps you to love yourself. You can talk about people that don't, you know, we're always critical of ourselves. We're our biggest sabotages. And when you really get to a point, a really good point in your life that you're happy, you're at peace, you're accepting and you have lots of clarity. And that's also the time that if love hasn't entered your life, I think that's when the universe then opens up for you now to maybe meet somebody. Well, you that's know, when you're ready. I think you're right. But that also starts with being honest with yourself. And you mentioned this before. But when you're honest with yourself about what went wrong, sometimes it has to do with you, not the other person. And sometimes it's a timing and, and sometimes we let our fear and our insecurities create problems. But if you can be honest with yourself about exactly what went wrong and look at I me, mean, it takes two to tango, everybody contributes something, then you're very likely to avoid these mistakes in the future. You know, that's true. And that's part of that dysfunctional detoxing process, which I f should have mentioned is I, you, you take a look at, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like, and then moving forward. Also the hand that you had in also causing that maybe relationship to kind of self-destruct in a lot of ways, because, you know, we're all, we're, we're not perfect. And when we're in relationships, we need to understand that it's a give and take. And sometimes we don't always do the right thing. We could be, you know, hurting our partner or, or they're sensitive and not realizing it. So that it takes a lot to be able to open your mind and listen and recognize that. Well, you know, you have mentioned the detox a couple of times. And so let's take a couple of minutes before we go to break and, and talk to me more about that. How well, does that start? Yeah, well, it starts with the process of I, what I do is I like to work with individuals and I'll, I'll, we'll go back to maybe depending upon when they met their significant other. And most of the people I work with, Leah, they've maybe gone through a few relationships and they keep attracting the same type of individual. So we actually sometimes sit down and talk a little bit about their past, uh, maybe their mom, dad, whoever was significant in their life. And we find that that could also have an overlapping into their adult life. So, for example, if you've had parents that were alcoholics or and you were taking care of them, then you have a tendency of attracting somebody that becomes codependent upon you. And this is male or female. This can happen to. So that's what we work on that. So and they want a healthy relationship. They want somebody that's not so codependent, but yet they haven't been able to break that particular cycle. So by spending some time analyzing each relationship, what you liked, what you didn't like, what hand you had in the destruction, and then what you do differently, what you could have done differently. And, and the big thing is, Leah, when they look at that is you needed to listen to your gut. If you knew the relationship and this wasn't going to work and you were attracting the right individual, 
that's when you need to make the move and walk away. And that's the difference. So what I hear you say is the truth is sometimes we get knocked down so that we can learn how to stand back up again. Oh, gosh. Yes. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get back up. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? But, you know, learning from our past mistakes is the only way that we're going to find the the right answer. And the right answer is somebody that we love and that loves us back. Yes, that is so true. You know, and I think it's it's interesting because to open up after you've been knocked down, and, and that's resilience. When everything is going great, I can get up off the floor anytime you knock me down. But when the wind's been out of my sails, my sailboat has a hard time getting out of the bay. And I have to really, and it goes that way with love, to open up to love again. you got to look at the lessons that you've, that you've learned about yourself. Um, and I think that you've got to learn to, tr- you call it the gut, I call it the intuition. Um, trust your intuition. And maybe you have to start with loving yourself more. And I think that it's so easy to like everybody else or to forgive everybody else. It is so hard to love ourselves and to forgive ourselves. I mean, we're going to take a break pretty quick. And when we come back, I'd really like to learn more. I mean, you have a whole course for people that want to learn how to date again, because I would not know what to do if you told me to slide right that would overwhelm me. It would confuse me. And what's even more important is you've got to get your head in the right spot. And I know that, you know, you believe that no matter how old we are, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, that you, we all, as we age, have the ability to love because love has no age limits. And that's what's so interesting for someone like you. I mean, that's your passion is to help people get back into the dating world and to help them feel confident. And that's, I guess, what inspired you to write that book. We'll be back after these messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. 
years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. So we're back, and, and we're talking about how no matter how old you are, you can find love again, but I think that when you've been in a relationship, and it doesn't matter whether it's five years or 40 years, you know, you have to cut ties with your past, and that can be hard to do. Yes, that is so true, cutting ties with the past and not living in the past and recognizing you're at a different point in your life. And again, that goes back to assessing who you are and what you want as you're moving forward. Well, and if you're still dwelling on the painful past, that's that's a barrier. I mean, it's actually it's a physical barrier that help that doesn't help you to step forward. That you know what that's truly because people just don't realize that it it takes a toll on you uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. And I was reading an article about. Um, you know, people are lonely. They're really loneliness is a bigger ep, uh, you know, epidemic, they say, than the actual uh, COVID. And there are because there are so many people that are lonely. And the reason they're lonely is they just don't have a connection in their life they, or they don't you know, they haven't made the effort to do that. So they become very recluse. And that was um, I'm trying to think of who he was, the Surgeon General, Vivek uh Murphy, Vivek K. Murphy wrote a book about that, that um, the, there, that it's such a huge issue that it causes cancer, right? Depression. It can cause uh, hypertension. You can have a stroke, diabetes. There's so many things that occur from that. And it's just a matter of identifying and, you know, maybe reaching out and having some love in your life. And like you said, some people are afraid. They, they're afraid of being hurt, but there's but when you get to a stage in this life, and this is what I talk about to clients, is you can identify what you want in a relationship. You know, when you're younger, we're motivated by a lot of different things. We might want children together. We're building a home. Maybe we're building a business. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of physical contact in a relationship. But as we get older, our bodies change. And, you know, you might identify that you might want somebody in your life that's really just a good friend and you don't necessarily want that physical experience with him or her. And that's okay, too. It's just recognizing what you want and and not denying yourself, because like you said before, you live longer and that's the key thing. And you're healthier and you're happier and you look at life differently. Well, you're right. And, you know, we all have baggage. 
we have emotional baggage. And as we, uh, as we age, that baggage changes. I think it's, we reach a point where we, we realize this is baggage. This is pulling me down. That was 10 years ago. That was 20 years ago. I don't need that. You know, I want that energy out of my life. And we start to have more clarity and, and actually become more focused on what we need and what, instead of what we want, because what we want isn't always what we need. Right. Sometimes our emotions drive. I always say sometimes our eyes are bigger than our stomach. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same analogy. You're right. It is. And we think, you know, oh my God. And we really, yes, we, we don't need that. And, and that baggage that, that is the key thing. I, and as you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. The key thing is not allow taking everything that happens to us in life, our experiences and learning from them and don't look at them as, Oh my gosh, you know, I was scorned. That person, you know, cheated on me. There was infidelity. They took my money or, or whatever the case was and learned from it and really ascend, look at it and, and then move forward. And that's where you need to maybe find a great therapist or you need a dating coach. You need somebody, you know, to work on you, like you said, and what you do. So I think there's someone you need to just, uh, you need to reach out for help, especially when you recognize some patterns in your life. And that, that's the biggest stumbling block, wouldn't you say, Leah? People asking for help and recognizing, you know, realizing they need some assistance. It is so hard for so many people to ask for help. And it's like they don't recognize that we all have to heal. When we've been hurt, I mean, if we break our leg, oh, I need to stay in bed for two weeks, you know, we're willing to heal on a physical level, but not on an emotional level. No, I just need to get over it and I just need to move on. And I think that, you know, you've got to understand that there's a put your energy into a healthy healing process. And because we all those walls get built up around us and we just want once our heart's broken we just don't want to let those walls down. And, you know, we have to realize that healing is not just about not loving your ex anymore or getting over your breakup. It's about really recovering from everything that's happened in this relationship. You know, I like your analogy. Like you said, when you break your foot, your leg, you have to heal. You have to keep it up. Right. And you really work hard because you want that leg to heal, for example. And it's interesting because when it comes to our hearts, right, and our emotions, we think, well, maybe I'll get back out there. I'll just jump right back into dating again. Or you immerse yourself in alcohol or drugs or something. And that's when you really need to heal healthy, healthy, you're right. You know, eating the right things, putting the right things in your body, making a choice. And the best thing you can do is getting physical activity. And you don't have to be really active, but even getting out and walking, right? Those um, endorphins are going to kick in and you're going to have what? That dopamine, I guess, that kicks in that makes you happy. It's that dopamine that, you know, it's such a feel good neurotransmitter. It is. You know, uh, people will ask me, well, how will I know that I've healed? And my answer to that is, well, when you think of that heartbreak as something from the past and you don't take it with you wherever you go, you don't have trouble forgetting about it. You know, it, it has nothing to do with you and where you are today, 
that's when you know you've healed. Yes, and, and that's important. And, you know, we talked about that dopamine briefly, and I was reading an article, is that's why what happens is, is when you're going through heartbreak and you feel so depressed, right? And if somebody hit a hammer on your head, it's because of that lack of that dopamine. And that's what keeps you, that's what's triggering you. So then you need to just, like you said, search into yourself, dig deep and start healing yourself. So you're releasing those dopamine where you're back to being who you are. And, you know, you're not missing out because when we're, we are so intense, we're, we're thinking so intensely about our relationship that we had and what went wrong. We're not being present and enjoying what's going on around us, right? Enjoying life. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of times people, they don't want the risk. You know, they, I I really want to be in another relationship, Lee. I'm ready. I'm really ready. But, you know, it's so risky and I don't know what's going to happen. And my response to that is you're looking for a guarantee. And there are two things that are guaranteed in life. You're going to pay taxes and you're going to die. Other than that, there are no guarantees. Well, <laughs> there's a term I heard. I don't know if you ever heard of Jim Quick. And he um, also talks about the brain. And he has this uh, term he uses, life is about the C, the B and the D, right? So the B is surrounds the C, right, and the D. The B is you're born, the C is your choice, and the D is for death. And you're right. The C is the choice you make as you're moving forward. Yep. And, you know, I think that sometimes when we've been hurt, we start to think that, well, maybe I'm just not meant to be loved. You know, that's where you are. That's the self-sabotage. That's where you're setting yourself up for failure. And when you start having those thoughts, those thoughts sometimes, because you're so intense, you're actually attracting that type of reality. And it's when you actually start, it takes time. I mean, it's not something that's, you know, going to happen, going to happen overnight, you know, but you really, it's a process and, you know, you need to love yourself. And this is what I tell my clients to do. They, they have to write down affirmations every single day, you know, like I, you know, I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am worthy. And write out what your best assets are about you. You know, maybe you're the type of person that you like listening to people or maybe people like confiding. They like, there's something about you that they like. I'm not talking the physical. I'm not talking that you might have great eyes, you know, but, but, you know, think about your inner qualities that make you unique and just take post-its and put them on your car and put them on your mirror. And that's called, you know, it's called the post-it method. <laughs> and really you just have to, and when you have a negative thought, you need to then every negative thought, stop right there and think of three positive thoughts. Well, and that's, you know, that's harder than we think to do because the brain is why the brain's job is to keep us alive. So we, you know, the minute we walk out that cave in the olden days, <laughs> we would start scanning for danger. Well, the right hemisphere in the brain still does that. Two thirds of the cells in the right hemisphere are looking for danger and they're on alert. And, you know, research shows we have three times more positive events every day in our life. But what does the brain remember? The negative. And what does the brain pay attention to? The negative. So it, we have to really 
put some effort into. And I say at the end of the day, just think of three things that you're grateful for, you know, and it's okay if for three days in a row, you're grateful for the same three things. You know, I think everybody's looking for something grand and something great to be grateful for. And it's really the little things in life. That is so true. And, and, you know, it's interesting because you also mentioned in your previous comment about people want guarantees in life, right? We want to guarantee that we're going to be happy, guarantee we're going to be successful. And what I tell, you know, clients and friends is take a moment and think about when you went out looking, you started your profession. And so you decided to switch. You might have went, you know, put your resume out there, right? And you you went and you decided to take a leap and you switch companies, switch gears. There wasn't a guarantee, right? There was not a guarantee. But nope. you looked at it as you were optimistic. This is something you wanted to do, right? And the same thing is with the relationship. You have to take a chance. And that's how you need to take your time. And that's why you need to take your time. And you, you might love somebody and it might work out and could be your forever love. Or it could not be your forever love. But you don't know until you try. And part of living is experiencing love. And sometimes it's heartbreak, but that's okay because you learn from all of your experiences. Well, and don't you think that it, from all of your experiences, there are patterns? I mean, I think that you have relationship patterns in, going on. That's, yes, that's true. That's what I'm, when we were discussing that earlier, is we do, we have that pattern, we keep attracting that same person or attracting the same situations, even the same friends. It doesn't necessarily have to be the romantic side. It could be even your friends that come into your life. And that's where you have to stop and make that decision. But it takes time. You know, some, sometimes we think we're wired to take care of everybody and we need to be wired to take care of ourselves first. And relationships are a give and take. You shouldn't always be giving. Okay. It should be, there should be a balance. And you're right. And you shouldn't always be taking either for a, a relationship to be healthy. It's you've got to give and you've got to take. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, that is so true. And I think that's but there are times, yes, you know, in relationships, depending upon how long you've been in one, that sometimes you have to hold the other one up for a while. And I understand Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are no scorecards, but there comes a point when there's something that's repetitive that's happening, maybe emotionally or whatever it is. You know, I see people that, um, they, especially, and I hate to say this, but women, we are guilty of this something. We want to take care of everybody. I met a, a beautiful woman not too long ago that was talking to me about her dating experiences. And she keeps attracting, you know, men that they they seem dynamic, but then they want to have her take care of them, not just emotionally and physically, but financially too. And she keeps attracting that same type of individual. And it just goes back to, and, and then it, it's the insecurity in herself because she feels that that's what she's going to attract. And that's all that's out there. And like I always say, don't discount yourself. Don't cheat yourself. You need well, to find the best relationship. Don't you think that starts with having some relationship standards? Yes, you need to. And that's what's important is what that's why you need to write out what's important to you moving forward in, in your life. And especially when you hit those 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and beyond, what are you looking for? 
Are you looking for somebody that's still sleeping on their mother's couch? And I don't mean <laughs> and I, no disrespect. Okay. It's different if they're sleeping on their mother's couch because they're taking care of their mother, but are they still, you know, do are they, they, maybe they don't have a set of wheels, cars. So you have, and I'm not saying people have to be uh, wealthy. No, but when you get to a certain point, when you hit your fifties, sixties and seventies, although there are a lot of men and women that are starting over because of what's happened with the pandemic. And also a lot of people are divorcing. So the assets are being split. So you don't necessarily have the same lifestyle, but at least, you know, you have the um, energy within you and the vitality to move forward because you want to improve yourself. And, and that's the thing too. Well, and what I hear you say is, you know, ask yourself, what are the things that you expect to get from your partner? What is the type of behavior that you would never tolerate? Those, I mean, apply, put some standards in place and then, or you, I call them boundaries a lot in the therapy world, but it's the same thing. Uh, right. It, it's so true because for myself personally, for example, I do will not go out with somebody that's a smoker. I mean, that's just who I am. My, my late husband died because he smoked quite a bit. My grandfather died. My twin brother died because he so, you know, <laughs> so the boundaries are, I would not, and even though they can be a great person and you know, you need to stick to your boundaries. And that's important. You, maybe you don't want to date somebody. You don't want to date somebody that might be hooked on prescription drugs or drinks a little too much. And you can find those clues out as you're dating them and taking your, you know, your time with them. I've had people come to me and say, you know, I went out with this great girl, but she got drunk on the first date. And he thought, okay, I thought maybe she was nervous. Well, the second and third date, she drank quite a bit. And I hear the same thing with when women go out with men. He had not one drink, two drinks, he had five or six drinks. And I'll say to myself, thank God you didn't drive with them, right? <laughs> so, you, you know, those <laughs> and, and everything, as we get older, we need to really maintain a healthy lifestyle. And that means watching everything we put into our mouth and everything we're breathing in and, you know, and drinking, it's important. So we can't tolerate I mean, I used to be able to go out to dinner years ago with my husband. We would have a cocktail beforehand. We'd have wine for dinner. And then we'd have something, you know, an after dinner drink afterwards. I was fine. I couldn't do that. When I had my daughter, my th <laughs> that was over. Those days were over. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. We do have to watch what we put into ourselves. And as much mentally, what negative thoughts are you feeding? You know, if you're someone that you're, you're looking for perfection, then that means you're thinking all or nothing. And we all have self-defeating thoughts. I mean, I have my good friends, the shoulds and the must. Lee, Lee, you should do that. You must do that. Then when I don't do it, they bring in their good friends, the shame and the blame. Shame on you, Lee. It's your fault. It didn't happen. So we all have negative thoughts. But we need to think about our thought process and think about when we catch ourselves you know, those little ants, automatic negative thoughts. They're so fast and furious. We didn't even know they were there. It's just all of a sudden I'm mad at you. Or all <laughs> of a sudden I feel like you did me wrong. You know, so feed yourself positivity. I love what you said about affirmations. You know, affirmations or if you want to go Tony Robbins, crank it up to incarnations. <laughs> but feed yourself positive thoughts. 
you know, what do you think? And I, you know, I don't know what you do with your clients, but to, you know, to talk about the negative thoughts and trying to, to stop those negative thoughts, those gremlins come in, those ants, as you call them. Would you say that it starts just starting with the healthy lifestyle? I mean, did you feel that eating and ha- what you put in your body also contributes to good brain power and good thoughts? What, what do you say on that since that's what the field you're in? Absolutely. Your your nutrition and your sleep are your foundation. I mean, when people don't get enough sleep all day long, you've got these neurons and dendrites. They're wiring and firing, and they're creating some toxic waste. When you go to sleep, those little glial cells come out, and they'll clean all that mess up. But if you're not going to sleep, then a lot of research is starting to link insomnia to Alzheimer's disease. And the same thing with diet. I mean, I've worked with, I work with people from five to 85 and I'm open to above 85. Um, but you know, I stop and say, well, how's your diet? Oh, it's pretty good. You know, I, I eat McDonald's only like five times a week, you know, and it's people many times ask me, what's a good diet? What diet do you recommend? And my answer to that is don't eat processed foods, you know, keep it clean. Whatever, and whatever it is, if it comes in a box, a bag or a can, and it's good for two years, means there's something in there that's not good for you. <laughs> oh, gosh, that is, you know, and that's what you have to probably just learn. And I, I was guilty of that, especially, you know, living by myself. And I've learned to just cook my meals and have them in advance. And one thing is you did bring up that was so critical. And I do talk about this is is sleep. And I was just as guilty. I was just as guilty. I had, you know, I would sleep only, you know, for five hours a night. I now really try to train myself, Leah, to do at least seven and they say that should be more as we get older because your body needs the rest. It's craving for it. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of times what keeps us awake at night is we overthink everything. We really do. And, you know, and really that's the way the brain works. The back of your head is where you process information, what you see, what you hear. The front of your head is where how you apply that information. But there's a loop, the cingulate gyrus that goes from the back to the front. And once we start, if that, that gets dysregulated, once that loop starts, we can't stop it. So don't engage in overthinking. Yeah, that and I think that is attributed to the stimulation, the overstimulation we have sometimes before we go to sleep. And I've, I sort of trained myself a bit, and it's taking me some time. But one tip that I do recommend is I, of course, you know, many of us have Alexa, and I will tell Alexa to play spa radio for 30 minutes by Pandora so that it goes off. Or I'll use my phone. And I used to, before I had Alexa, I used my phone and I put the timer on and I, I downloaded Pandora and I would just listen to spa music because I had a tendency of overthinking, right. And thinking all the, you know, you, everything's going through your mind and it, you, it, before you know it, you're worried or you're angry. So by just, for me, I, I love to sleep with some beautiful music, whatever. It could be classical. It could be whatever. I don't recommend rock. <laughs> Well, you know, you've given us some really good tips and we're kind of winding down the show. But one thing that we have to touch on, because 
I see this a lot in some clients. They jump from one relationship to another. The minute that they get any idea that it's not the right person, they jump. What can you, what advice can you give people on that? Yes. And, and that is, that's true. We jump from the frying pan into the fire again and we don't really We don't allow, you know, everything to process. And what happens is, is you need to do that. You talked about a healing process and the same thing occurs. You need to heal from, even if the relationship is what you decided to end it for, even for the right reasons, before you jump into the next relationship, take a moment and pause and Think about what attracted you again in the past relationship that brought you into it. Maybe those red flags were there all along and you didn't listen to your gut. And like I said, it takes guts to listen to your gut. So um, just take your time and you'll, you'll know when the right time is right, everything's going to align up for you. You will know. I think you make such a good point. Take your time. And, you know, there's no hurry. But I think sometimes when our heart's been crushed, that we're just in such a hurry to put it back together again, that we make some bad decisions in the process. That's so true. I think that, well, you know, one thing I always, I tell people, go with the flow. And they'll look at me like, what, what? You know, go with the flow, enjoy the moment. Don't constantly stress out about every single thing, every text that you get. Or every word that you hear somebody say, you know, you've got to be able to just be present in the moment. And I think, you know, you've, your personal story was great. What you went through, you lost your husband. You decided that even in your 60s, you still have plenty of time to learn to love again. And you've been through what so many people are going through. When you've been out of the dating world for a while, it can be very frightening. And people need to learn how to date again. And I think that's why you developed the course that gives concrete steps to helping people get out into the world. Um, we got a minute left. If people want to learn more about that course, do what do they do? Please oh, give them some advice. You can find me, Maria Romano, at True Love Knots. It's T-R-U-E-L-O-V-E-K-N-O-T-S dot com. I'm all over social media and really just enjoy dating. Don't rush. And that's the key thing is don't rush. Enjoy the process. Well, I, you know, you've, you've given us all a lot of good food for thought. And I think that there, you made the point earlier. There are a lot of people after the, the, the pandemic and divorces are getting back out there into the, the dating world. So today we're living longer. And everybody deserves true love. So if you, I encourage you to visit truelovenots.com. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, 